Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. And boy, are we talking about Disney Plus today. I am your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's show, we actually will be celebrating the one-year anniversary of Disney Plus first dropping. So I know that's a weird way of putting it, but it dropped on us last year at this time. That's right. November 11th, 2019 was when the biggest, newest streaming platform came into our lives. Um, And it's just jumped up with subscriptions becoming as big as one of the major players of entertainment like Netflix and Amazon Prime. So I am super excited as for this week's show, I will be breaking down all of the original content that has dropped on Disney Plus in the past 12 months. I'm doing it for you guys. I know you haven't necessarily been able to watch everything. I have, and that's just my burden to carry. Um, along with this episode, as we talk about Disney Plus, we're also going to be breaking down and reviewing the second episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, as that has dropped this past weekend. Um, but I can't do this alone. I had to invite back onto the show a major Disney fan, um, a good friend of mine, somebody who actually works for Disney. You know him. You, you heard from him in the past. Patrick Johns, he's here. Patrick, thank you for coming back onto the show. Thanks for having me, man. I love it. I love doing this. It's fun. Yeah, dude. I honestly, I just, I love having your presence because I think, you know, as, as a fan boy, when it comes to a lot of things, but also just having a different perspective as kind of a, a man behind the, um, the curtain per se. Um, I'm just so glad to have you be a part of my regular, you know, group of guests, you know? Definitely, definitely. So catch me up, man. What's what's new in your life? What's going on? Oh, uh, so we are and uh I'm being a cast member at Hollywood Studios, we are in the midst of the uh COVID limited guests. So we are open, we are all wearing masks and we are just doing the uh you know, doing the whole scale down cleaning everything's thing and it's a lot of it's a it's a lot of fun i mean we're still getting out there making our magic and doing what we've always done but it's scaled back a little bit and Mm -hmm. life is good though man it's it's uh it's been it's been good yeah and i'm I'm glad to hear that i mean i know that you know there are some things with you know things being up on the air things going back and forth for you guys down there in orlando it's definitely hasn't always been um so clear on how good things are because you're in the midst of it right yeah i mean that's kind of the whole country right now but yes we are definitely among that where it's been it's been rough and um you know disney's had struggling through this the same as everybody else so it's been tough but we're we're pulling through i'm i'm still in there every day trying to make magic and doing what we can good good man let's let's get to talking about you know this this content the main topic for us today. I mean, we have we have quite the job ahead of us, don't we, Patrick? Yeah, man. They put out a lot of a lot of content. I mean, I was gonna say quality, some of it quality, some of it just eh. But they put out. A, they they've made their stake, and they're like they're not gonna go. You know, come into the streaming services without without having you know a lot of exclusives to make it worth people's time to come watch. So there's there's a lot to go over. And honestly, like, you know, I, I have I have actually heard a lot of people say that there is not enough 
original content, you know, on Disney Plus. And I, I understand, you know, some of the criticism that is being said about some things because, you know, there's only been a few major hits, you know, as to the level of The Mandalorian, which we'll be talking about later. And that's for sure going to land on our list somewhere. Um, but, you know, I think that people are still anticipating and waiting for more Star Wars series for Marvel series to hit for, I think even Disney series, you know, we've, we heard about there being a Gaston and LeFou series that's going to be coming and maybe that will be bring something that people will get excited about, you know? Um, But there really, there hasn't been these, there hasn't been a lot of major earth shaking series or movies exclusively on Disney plus. And again, we can probably blame that on COVID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the original plans, I mean, I think I believe the original slate for Marvel's were supposed to the series were already supposed to hit. And there was a lot of things that got shuffled around because of COVID for sure. Productions that were shut down. Mm-hmm. So I know that this may not have been their original plan for what this, the schedule looked like. But I think for what has come out. There's quite a bit of quality. Now, it might not be everybody's cup of tea. It might not be what everybody's looking for, but there's a little bit of everything. And I think that's they're, they're covering their base as well. Yeah. And I think if you compare it, like you think about Netflix when they started really coming out with their original content, there wasn't, you know, in that first year, in a sense, that first year that they were making their own content, there wasn't as many as things as we've seen on Disney Plus in the last year, you know? Yeah, it took them a while for Netflix to hit their groove and to really, you know, find their own voice and what the way they wanted to portray it. So I think Disney came in strong for being their first year for sure. Yeah, totally. And like, and then you think of now with Netflix, they have like 10 new things a week that drops. You know what I mean? Like another kind of crappy holiday um, <laughs> Hallmark Channel movie and then another baking competition show like they they're always dropping stuff it almost seems like on the daily they're dropping original content all right so listeners this is how this is going to work um i'm going to be moving fairly quickly going through my ranking of disney plus's library of original content in which honestly as i look at this list there is 52 disney plus original content things whether it's a movie a series a series of shorts And we're going to try to move through this kind of quickly. I'm going to, for the most part, take them five at a time, working my way towards my top ten. And this, you know, what we can do is Patrick will get a chance to respond to my list thus far before moving on to the next grouping. Um, And this will happen up until the point we get to our top tens, where Patrick and I both have our top tens prepared. And we'll go back and forth talking about these Um, our own personal top tens and move towards us making the extreming Disney official, the official top 10 for the podcast. And we're going to use both Patrick's and my top 10 list to form that together. Patrick, did that make sense? Yeah, I think I got it. Okay. So here we go, guys. I'm actually going to start off with number 52 and 51 on my list. Um, give chance to Patrick to respond, see if he's seen any of these things. My number 52 is the series Zemination, and my number 51 is the Disney Plus original movie Stargirl. Patrick, what do you think of my, of these two being at the very bottom of my list? Have you seen them? I 
think I may have seen a trailer for Stargirl and Zemination. Is that the one where they just play clips of the movies with music and there's no like it's just kind of random? Like yeah, a screen screensaver basically? <laughs> yes, it's a screensaver. It's like ASMR, but with only Disney images and then sounds to go along with it. Yeah, so I've seen about maybe a minute of each. <laughs> so, not yep. enough to, to comment on, really. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. I don't know who this is for. I don't know what ASMR Zen person is like. You know what I really want from my Disney? I need this. I need to have something I can meditate to, or you know, I need to watch. You know, Moana put her hands through the waves as she's you know, sailing by and having that sound of the water rippling against her hand. Uh, it's just, honestly, I think for a lot of these things, especially lower on the list, I just put them into a category where it's like, this is just not for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if maybe, I don't know how long the Zen things are, but if they're like if something like, you know, like during the Christmas season, they have the, the Yule Logs or something like that. So if yeah. they're long enough, maybe somebody puts them on in the background, it's just like background noise, but... yeah. I don't get it either, really. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're kind of, they're shorts. I mean, for the most part, they're like five to eight minutes long. But and then, like about a month ago, they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put all these little shorts together to make one feature-length 50-minute version of this. And so they have the long-form version if you want to check it out, Patrick. It oh. on this recommendation or non-recommendation yeah yeah no i think i think it's like hey just put it on the background and it's you know background noise if you're doing something else because nobody wants to sit and actually watch that no and then star girl was just i guess it's based on a book of like young young adult writings or whatever for for a young adult or audience and it really was just an excuse to get a girl who was on america's America Got Talent or whatever. America's Got Talent. She was a competitor and she was a big hit and she played the ukulele and she sang and it just kind of felt like, hey, let's make a movie so this girl could have a have a role. And it just was, I don't know, it was it was melodramatic. It was all about preteens and again, not for me, not worth watching. Yeah, like I said, I think I may have watched the trailer and didn't didn't inspire me to watch it. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, and with leaving with that, let me get to my number 50 through 46. Um, number 50 is Disney Family Sundays. Number 49 is The Big Fib. Number 48 is the Disney Plus original movie, Artemis Fowl. Number 47 is the movie Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. And number 46 is the Christmas movie that dropped last year um, on its premiere Noel starring um, Anna Kendrick. Patrick, any kind of response to anything on this list? Are you surprised by anything? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't hate Artemis Fowl. I saw a lot of flaws, of course, but it wasn't amazing by any stretch. But it wasn't absolutely terrible because that one only surprised me because it was meant to be in theaters. It was never meant to be direct to Disney Plus, and it, it's. I think they had high hopes for it, and it, it missed a lot of what they were hoping for, but it's kind of low for... I, I, I thought it was just okay. It wasn't awful. Um, yeah. For my I mean, personal tastes. 
Yeah, I'm going to say it was pretty awful. Um, <laughs> I did not like this movie one bit. Listeners, if you have watched it since, you can go back and watch um, or listen to the episode where me and guest Terry Bonnie we break down this uh, movie, Artemis Fowl, based on the series of books. Um, yeah, it's it's there's some weird stuff that it does. I feel like the movie doesn't really know which direction it wants to go. Um, it doesn't help. I mean, they're trying to capture lightning in the bottle in the same way that, you know, Harry Potter did when that first came out. You know, but it just it wasn't an immersive world of, you know, it wasn't an immersive fantasy world. It just it didn't work for me at all. I'm sure if I had read the books, I would probably hate it because I I don't have any source from it. I'm just taking it for what it was, and yeah. so I, I I just for what it was on the surface, I'm like, oh, it's it's watchable. But that's yeah, I, like I said, it was just okay. Yep, yep. Um, and then you know, fam- Disney Family Sundays. It's a craft show for families and kids. It's like art class centered around Disney stuff. It's fine, but again, just not for me. I'm not the most crafty person. Yeah. Um, the, the big fib, kids competing to watch, you know, figure out which adult in a certain particular job that claims to know stuff is lying. Timmy Failure, I think another flop as a movie on Disney Plus. I didn't. I felt like they didn't know what they wanted the movie to be. And then Noel is just a subpar Disney Christmas movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else from that list stand out to you that you want to mention? Talk yeah. about? No, I mean, I think I, I don't, I, I think I may watch part of Noel and it was like, okay, like you said, yeah, just kind of subpar, trying to go with the com- Christmas comedy and it, it's, yeah, not great. Just kind of, uh, eh. So there was really nothing else from there. Yeah. And like, honestly, like I, we might be talking about that, that movie in a couple weeks for the podcast as we get closer to Christmas. Um, but I don't know all the, it's kind of the situation where if there's anything funny within the movie, it was in the trailers. So you're just waiting for that moment to come back up. Um, and Anna Kendrick, she's charming. Bill Hader's in it. He's funny, but well, maybe I'll just put a pin in it on that because we might be getting that to that to review in the next couple weeks. Um, shall I get to my 45 through 41? Sure. Let's go. Number 45 is High School Musical, the musical, the series. Number 44 is the Disney original movie Magic Camp, which came out a couple months ago. Number 43 is the latest season, which is still doing episodes of the, of the show Weird But True. Um, number 42 was the, another series that came out um, earlier this past year, Diary of a Future President. And then number 41 is the series of shorts called Spark Shorts, which I think were exclusive um, Pixar shorts for the for the platform. So, Patrick, what do you think of, of this these five here? Anything stand out that you is worth mentioning for you? The only one I've seen any of is some of the Spark Shorts because I do mm-hmm. enjoy every once in a while throwing on. But I, I'm certain I haven't seen them all, and they were just you know like oh that was cute you know, and then they kind of you know, didn't, didn't hold stick with me, but I do remember enjoying it. Like, Oh, they did a good job with that one or whatever, but I, mm-hmm. nothing like sticks in my memory of it very well, but I did watch a few of those at least everything else is, I did not see. Yeah. The only thing I would say about the spark shorts is um, parents. If you have kids, don't just assume because it's Pixar and Disney. Um, and they have a lot of great shorts within their library that these are going to be ones that are appropriate for your kids. 
I would just watch them beforehand. There's some that have language in it. There's mm. some that might have some content that you might not be as excited about. So I would just advise you to watch them before your kids watch them. But yeah, everything else on this list, not great. Honestly, High School Musical, the musical, the series, I've never been a fan of the, the movies. Um, not a fan of the music. And so this is, again, in a category that's just not for me. The only one that I think is actually... I, I, I put Diary of a Future President just above Weird But True. Weird But True is good. You know, if I had kids and they wanted to watch that, and it's, like, educational, and it's, it's fun. I'm learning stuff every episode that I watch. And Diary of a Future President, it kind of reminds me of, like, a new generation's version of um, Lizzie McGuire, you know? All right. Um, so it might be worth watching. Um, but it's, it's definitely geared towards a different audience. But as far as it being a quality for that audience, I think it might be a little bit of a cut above other things that are, that are lower on the list. So moving along. Yep, let's go. All right, 40 through 36. We got um, number 40. We have the, uh, the visual um, album called Black is King from Beyonce. Number 39 is Meet the Chimps, which is still coming out um, with new episodes. No, actually, they all dropped their episodes at one time. Number 38, Secret Society of Second Born Royals, another Disney Plus original movie. The one and only Ivan, a Disney movie that was intended to come out in theaters, but they brought it out exclusively for Disney Plus with everything regarding COVID. And then finally, the last one, number 36, is Disney Insider. Um, Patrick. Anything you want to, you know, talk about here? So, let's see. What was the second to the last one there? The um, one and only. Y- Ivan. Yeah, one and only island. So, uh, yeah, Ivan. Yeah, I I wanted to watch that just because it looked interesting. Because anything that was like intended to be on theaters, I'm like, oh, I, I want to see what that's about. But then I never watched it. So I mm. I'm curious about it, but I've never actually watched it. So. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um, you know, we reviewed it for the podcast back in, I think it was September. It was either August or September. Um, so listeners, you can go back and listen to that if you've seen the the movie. Um, there were things that worked within the movie. I think some of the the style or some of the CGI that that comes forth is is some of that you know same stuff from like The Lion King and The Jungle Book that you can hear see these animals talking. Um. But I think it's the kind of thing, too, that once you do your research and you learn more about the true story behind it, it's actually kind of takes away from the movie that you're watching. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. It's better than a lot of the other things that are, we've already mentioned that is lower on this list. Um, and I think you get some pretty good voice talents of Danny DeVito in the movie and Sam Rockwell in the movie. And I think it was... I think it's fine, you know? Sure. Um, the Meet the Chimps, I just finished watching through that series about a, a, a reserve in Louisiana with a bunch of chimpanzees narrated by Jane Lynch. And honestly, I just could not keep track of the episodes, and I found it kind of boring. And I think some people may also be a little surprised that Black is King fell this far down on my list. I don't know. I watched it, and... I just was not at all. I know this is kind of, um, what's the word? Hor- I, a terrible thing to say, but, you know, because you can't say anything negative about Beyonce. 
Um, I just didn't like the music. I thought it was con. It was just convoluted and weird, and it I couldn't like. There was nothing in there that was like, oh, this is a bop. This is gonna stick with me. I'm gonna remember this song for a while. So it kind of fell further down the list for me. All right. And then um, Disney Insider is further down because there's just not much inside insider stuff right now to come out with with Disney Plus to promote movies and television and whatnot is just that's something that only came out like monthly for a few months but then when everything got shut down with covid there's not just there's not as many inside scoop things for us to see you know yeah so moving on to 35 through 31 um so here we go number 35 is the disney plus original movie lady and the tramp the live action remake number 34 is the show Pick of the Litter. Number 33 is the competition show Be Our Chef. 32 is another competition show that we covered for the podcast, Shop Class. And then number 31 is the exclusive Pixar short for Toy Story 4, Lamp Life. Um, Patrick, anything from this worth talking about? Mm, can't say there's really much there. Um, I know I did watch Lamp Life. I don't remember much about it, but I know I saw that. Um, some of the reality shows I didn't watch. Just a whole lot of nothing for me there. Okay. Anything that you're interested that where it landed? I mean, did, you didn't watch Lady and the Tramp? I did not watch that. No. I just, I love the original. Um, yeah. It just, seeing the the clips i'm just like i'm not interested i i i love the original and i just don't think it needed to be remade mm-hmm. and that seems to be the um the 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 theme right now is did this movie have to get remade you know and i think we will talk about that again in just a short little period of time here yeah um yeah i think honestly like i got enjoyment out of pick of the litter and be our chef and shop class but, I mean, these are kind of just, like, I, I don't think Disney realized that, okay, so these are going to be our main uh, marquee things that we're going to have to really push and promote. I feel like these are kind of things that they would come out alongside of, like, a Falcon and Winter Soldier and alongside Mandalorian. But when they when everything slowed up, they were left with just these things that they didn't realize they would have to hang the whole streaming platform on, you know, and I found a cooking competition shows focused on Disney plus taking place in Disney world was, was cool, you know? Yeah. And shop class I thought was a really creative idea that was worth watching and maybe watching it with a, with a kid who's a little bit more hands-on and likes making things, you know, it was, it might be worth checking out if it's, a, if it falls into your, that alley for you. No, and, you know? and I think, I think it's great that they have multiple, you know, I, I know everything they put out is not going to be for me. And I, I, I think it's wonderful that they put things like that out there, even if it's not something I'm into, but yeah, no, I think it's great. It, it's a, a variety of different subjects and things. It's, it's well-made is great. Yeah. Um, let's get on to 30 to 26. Um, number 30 is the docuseries Into the Unknown, The Making of Frozen 2. Number 29 is It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer. Number 28, This is Where Mulan, the remake, falls. Number 27 is the new Disney short, Once Upon a Snowman, based upon the Frozen movies. And number 26 is Celebration of the Music from Coco. 
Um, Patrick, anything worth mentioning? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some in there that are are definitely much higher on my short list that I had because I only oh, did a top really? ten. Yeah. So some of these fall in top in your top ten, huh? Uh, at least uh, I think one of them did. Yeah. Oh dang! I'm gonna be excited to to um, hear about that. Well. Is, have you seen any of the other things that were that were mentioned that didn't fall on your top ten? So I, yeah, I I saw some of the making of Frozen. Um, I thought it it was it was a, it was a, a Frozen two, right? Yeah, so it was a nice com- yeah. nice compendium. I I like some behind. It, it felt like DVD extras, only extended versions of that, you know. Yeah. And I I I've always enjoyed how things are made and behind the scenes, and yeah, I thought that was enjoyable. I thought it, they did cool stuff with that, and then um. The new the new short with Olaf it was it was a nice little addition to the original movie you know mm-hmm. like his where he was at during the uh, that those scenes and stuff and his creation like his nose and just uh, it's fun you know it's cute yeah 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 and I I gotta say with the into the unknown um, I enjoyed it I mean we're getting to the point right now on the list where these, most of these things I enjoy yeah you know it just doesn't fall it just doesn't compare to the everything else you know. And I think what's more interesting is getting a behind-the-scene look at how is an animated film made nowadays. More so than being like, oh, I'm such a huge fan of Frozen and Frozen 2, so I'm so invested within that. I honestly, I liked Frozen more than Frozen 2. Um, So being excited about that aspect wasn't as huge for me as much as just seeing the process in general. You know, yeah, I, I agree. I put Frozen above Frozen Two also, but I think they're both well made, and I enjoy a lot of the characters. And like I said, I enjoy behind the scenes of how movies are made, especially you know with how high tech and everything that they are now, and from from the developing the story all the way through to the computer animation and music and everything. I, it, it's enjoyable, and it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like it. Anything else on this list that's worth mentioning? Mm. What did we miss? Uh, Mulan and there's one other one, wasn't there? Um, there was It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer. Yeah, I didn't documenting dogs that have jobs and help and do service, and then celebration of the music from Coco. I I think I may have seen a little bit of the Coco celebration, but I didn't. I know I didn't watch it all. I just kind of like watched a little bit of it, and so. But yeah, nothing that stands out too much. I love Coco, and so. This um, this special, the celebration of the music, falls definitely higher on my list because I just enjoy the music in general. I enjoy the movie. I mean, the music is a huge part of the emotional drive of the movie in general. So to have something that honors that um, and focuses on that, I think is just a big draw. And I liked it. I, it was kind of a concert where they just focus on a lot of the music from the movie. And it's, I think it's worth watching. Yeah, uh, yeah, I may I may go back to that because uh, yeah, I'm a big Coco fan as well. I love that movie, so I may go back and watch the concert at some time just to see more of yeah. that. So, all right, we're we're to the 25 now, 25 through 21. Number 25 is Pixar in real life. Number 24 is the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Number 23 is the documentary Howard, um, documenting the life um, and work of Howard Ashman. Um, number 22 is fairy tale weddings and number 21 is the one day at Disney shorts and the one day at Disney movie. I kind of clumped those together. 
Um, Patrick, anything worth mentioning here? I mean, you're 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 uh, getting into a lot of my top tens, man. I think you. Have... Oh, really? Yeah, I think we're having a problem here. I can't say much because I have <laughs> several of those on my top ten list. Okay, okay, several. Well, pick, one of, pick one of these that is not on your <laughs> list. Is there anything that you want to say? About oh, see, if I didn't, I don't think. I don't know if there's anything I could say about the ones that weren't. What 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 of those would you pick out and I see maybe I can mention off of it. Um, did Howard make it onto your top ten? You know, here's the thing with Howard. So I saw that they were making it, and it is not on my list because I was excited about it because I love documentaries and I Howard Ashman's incredible, and so yeah. the moment I tried to watch it. There was just complete chaos, and I watched probably about a half an hour and couldn't hear any of it because my kids were. I chose the wrong time to try to watch it, so I didn't. When kids are running around, may not be the best time to watch a documentary. Exactly, because they weren't paying any attention because that's not their kind of thing at all, and that's fine. I just didn't get back to it after that because I I think it would be one I would really enjoy, and it might even hit a top ten because I I. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. It just mm-hmm. did not. Uh, like I said, I chose the wrong time to try to watch it, so I, I need to get back to that one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Um, there are some things that I learned from watching this documentary. I didn't realize that Howard Ashman was one of the guys behind the music in Little Shop of Horrors. You know, starring. Um, oh gosh, who is Rick, Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis and, and uh, Steve, Steve Martin. Martin and, yeah. I didn't realize that he was not only the guy behind the music of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, um, but he was also the lyricist behind that great movie, you know, and so good, you know? Yeah, I, 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 he had so much talent, and I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Um, did fairy, does fairy tale Weddings fall on your top ten at all? You, you, you know, that one missed my list. I gotta say that uh, I have not seen that. I... Yeah, you know, I think for me, um, I was wonder, I was wondering, I, I just gotta mention it. This falls, I think, surprisingly high on my list. Um, it does. And it might just be because I'm a newlywed, <laughs> having been married now for a year and a half. Um, but seeing all these people getting married at Disney Disney World properties or Disneyland properties, and or getting getting engaged at different special things. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's just like it melts me a little bit still. You know, just that that aspect of new love and planning. I love planning things. <laughs> so the idea of even trying to plan a wedding around Disney is like checking oh. off a lot of boxes for me. And maybe I'm I'm too I'm a nerd or I'm a sap or something. You know, maybe some people would have different words to say about me. <laughs> I don't care. I love it. Hey, it's all it's all good, man. And and yeah, there, we. We definitely have a lot of people that want to come down to Disney to get married, so I, I get it. It's a it's the big thing to do. So <laughs> totally, totally. Well, let's um let's get to my twenty through sixteen. All right, all right. Now my number twenty is the series Earth to Ned. Um, the number nineteen is a is all the Disney nature documentary stuff that they came out with elephant and the footsteps of the elephant and diving with the dolphins and something of going deep with the penguins or something. I don't know. Um, 
they're all oh penguins life on the edge they're all movies and stuff that came out i think on earth day or the weekend of earth day um and it's all just about disney nature documentaries and then the making of the disney nature documentaries so that's my number 19 clumped them all together number 18 is the docuseries called becoming through lebron james number 17 is the docuseries rogue trip and then number 16 is the shorts series of pixar called forky asks a question patrick what do you want to talk about oh wow um from this entire list the only thing i've even seen was forky asks a question (laughs) really yeah that's the only thing from all of those i've even seen all right, well, let me, let me just go through just a couple of things that I think is worth mentioning. Earth to Ned is through the Muppet Company. It's through Jim Henson Company, that is. Um, oh, that's the talk the show. Yes, it's the talk okay, show. Okay, I take it back. I saw the first episode of that. I forgot the name of it because it was interesting. <laughs> do you like Conan O'Brien as a talk show host? He, yes, I really do, actually. Conan O'Brien is amazing. There was a lot that this show, apart from the fact that Andy Richter was one of the first guests sure. on this show, um, that reminded me of the style of Conan that I love. He is my favorite talk show host. I know the kids nowadays love Jimmy Fallon and, and that other guy um, who does <laughs> the, the, the karaoke in the car. Um, James Corden. He has this irreverence about him that I just adore and i grew up staying up late watching his stuff i love him and I, that's what the show reminds me of i i, I get it yeah I, I i'm a big conan fan for sure and uh i see the irreverence in the in the i don't know it was just the idea of it was it was has a as a muppet interviewing people it was just it was interesting yeah there's there's some jokes in there that that really landed for me that i just i liked a lot and honestly, this and one other thing that on this list that I just mentioned, Disney Plus has this weird thing where either they will premiere a series each week, a new episode, or they'll just do a total drop. And I think I like the idea of doing an episode week by week because it has some allows you to anticipate and look forward to the next episode. Yeah, no, I... I... I thought I wanted to, what Netflix used to always do, which is drop everything at once. And I thought that's what I always wanted. And then Disney came out with The Mandalorian a year ago. And I'm like, hanging every week. Is it Friday? I can't wait till Friday. And I realized, right. no, I like this better. You, you like it, you don't. You know, you, you want that, that, that poll every week brings you back. And I, I think ultimately that is a better way to do it. Absolutely. Totally. I agree. Um, and I think Earth to Ned would have benefited for that. But I also think the show Rogue Trip would really have benefited from that. I enjoyed that show so much as just a traveling around the world, getting to see different places. It's about a, a father who um, suffered a brain injury um, and he was a correspondent for a, a news station. And he so I think some kind of... Um, mine or something went off close to him and he suffered a brain injury and then this series is about him going to these areas that have have experienced major conflict um for one reason or another with his son getting to know the people of that area it is 
really exciting. I mean, hmm. you and I both, we've gone on missions trips. So getting to know people in their home countries and apart from like what you would think about them based on news articles and whatnot. Yeah. I think it just, it kind of touched me in a way that I thought was like, oh man, I would have watched this from episode to episode. There was only like six episodes. I think it could have gone longer. And I think they could have um, spread the episodes out rather than just one big drop, you know? Yeah, that's that one may, may be one I have to look into also because that sounds interesting. And it's one of those um, Disney, um, it, it's an exclusive with National Geographic. Okay. So it definitely falls in that corner. And I, I've been liking some of their original stuff with National Geographic, especially this. Okay. Um, should we get to the 15 through 11? Yeah, go ahead. All right. This might, you know. This I was going to say, this, this is where we're going to have even more, I'm sure, where it might have a few of my uh, top 10, so. Okay. Uh, hopefully I don't disappoint you too much here, man. <laughs> uh, but these are just missing. Some of them were on my top 10, and then more things came out. So here we go. Number 15 is Muppets Now. Number 14 is Marvel's Hero Project. Number 13 is Gallery the Mandalorian. Number 12 is the Disney Plus original movie, Phineas and Ferb, Candace Against the Universe. And number 11, just missing my top 10, is Short Circuit. Patrick, what do you think? All right. So I would say that Muppets now just barely missed my list because I really enjoyed that. I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, I think that it was... Um, it, it, I always like the Muppets, and I just feel like they're always kind of hit or miss with their TV shows a lot of times, even yes. some of their movies. It's it's, yep. and I think this one is done well. It, it is a good, yes. it is a good rest of representation of the Muppets. Um, I like that one a lot. Um, and honestly, at first, I wasn't sure if I was gonna like it. I was like, oh, you're just kind of going into like nowadays trends with making this all about the internet. But then, you know, looking back at what the Muppet Show used to be. That's what it was, just little shorts, just little snippets, you know, of, like, funny thing to funny thing. Yeah. And I, I thought it worked, you know? Yeah, I think it was uh, it, it was well made. It was good. Um, I also, I, I, I the, the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian is, is always fun to see, like, all the behind the scenes stuff for sure. And like I said, that's always good to see how things are made and the 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 interview with each of the directors and how their visions to came yeah. into being and all of that. That was great. So yeah. Exciting to watch. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I know the Phineas and Ferb movie is one that my kids watched without me. So I didn't watch it with them. So I didn't get back to watch it myself. So Ooh, a little slighted. Are you? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I like Phineas and Ferb quite a bit. I just something I usually always watch with them. So when they went ahead and watched it, I just never made the time to watch it on my own. So I, I think I would enjoy that. I just didn't watch it. So it didn't make my list because of that. So, yeah. And I honestly, the, the last thing I just want to mention is, wait, is the short circuit fall on your top 10? It did not. Okay. I loved short circuit. It was just Disney shorts. They kind of all dropped at one time and they're, you get a little bit of an interview with the director or the, the animator who made this short and he gets to, he or she gets to talk about what went into and what inspired them from even their childhood or their experiences in making of them. And what's cool about these, it's like 10 little shorts, their, their style, their animation style, the, the message within it couldn't be more different from each other. 
And I think that's something I really loved, you know? Yeah. And you got to see different animators doing different things within their like own voice. And I think there was something really cool about watching that. And I'm going to suggest checking that out. Okay. Definitely. All right. So that's going to get us to our top 10. Um, So here we go. Um, This is how it's going to work. Patrick and I are going to go back and forth talking, going from our 10, working down towards our ones. And if we, if I say something that's like my number 10, that falls further down on the list for Patrick, um, we're going to just kick that ball down the road a little bit and save the conversation for the person who loved it more, if that makes sense. Um, so Patrick, you know, there's been a lot of me talking. Um, so I would love to hear what is your number 10 on Disney plus. Sure. So I put for my number 10 was Pixar in real life, actually. Ooh. So that was something that I talked about earlier that was my number 25. Yeah, I, I just, I love the Pixar movies. I think, like, those characters are so, like, they just bring you in. They're just so cool. And, uh, like, I, I also like things like uh, Improv Anywhere. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube channel Improv Anywhere, where they go out into the streets of New York usually, and they do, like, they just get get people involved and in doing crazy stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these just felt like, the mixture of the two. And I, I loved it. I think it was just a fun, I, there's not enough of them. I mean, I, right. I wish there was a lot more, but I just love that idea of like bringing these characters into the real world, having fun with people and just bringing the joy. Cause they, every time they do it, it's just, you see people smiling, getting really into it. I, I loved it. Yeah. I think they're good. I think they're really funny. It's definitely kind of part hidden camera show. Um, I watched too much impractical jokers lately that I, every episode I've expecting like, Q and and Sal to jump out of the bushes and do something crazy every once in a while, but um, I I liked this series for sure, um, and honestly it was further up my list. But and that was something that came out. Pixar in real life dropped when Disney Plus first dropped. Yeah, I mean so, it, it didn't. It wasn't all at once though. It did come out over a period of time. So yeah, um, and it was further up my list. But then everything else that has come out has just nudged it down further and further, you know? I, I understand, man. I do. I just, I really liked it. So that's why it made my 10. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Um, my number 10 is a new series. And I think, I think I was just hungry for new stories to be told on a weekly basis that I've really just latched onto this show. Um, because if you look at it, I mean, with Disney Plus, we have a lot of, documentary things we have a lot of docuseries we have a lot of shorts we have a lot of competition shows just not a lot of narrative television um my number 10 is the new show the right stuff through national geographic have you i I have not even seen it i've heard of it i know what it is like but that i have not watched it so you're it's all you buddy Dude, it is such an entertaining series. In a, in a couple of weeks, we're actually, when the finale drops, we're going to be covering it for the podcast. Listeners, I got to tell you, catch up on this show. There's been like five episodes so far. It is releasing weekly. Um, they did drop the first two episodes when it premiered, so people can kind of watch both and get a sense of what the show is about. The Right Stuff is based on a, a movie, which was based on a book, which is based on real events centering around the early years of NASA and the space race as, you know, America is trying to compete 
with Russia to be the first men in space, but then also the first men on the moon. Um, performances are great. The only thing that I could say as kind of a negative of the show is you're watching all these guys and a lot of them just look the same. So I watch it with Jess. We're both really liking the show, but some of the characters kind of run in together and she's like, wait, is that the guy who's cheating on his wife? Like, no, no, no. That's the guy who's a Christian <laughs> that we like. Okay. Is that the one who is who got thrown in the pool? No, no, that's the guy who's trying to rebuild his marriage. So it's like a lot of like... Yeah, you got to take notes while you watch it to make sure you're keeping track of who's who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but all in all, you got to check it out, man. Honestly, right. it's really good. It's worth right. watching. So that's my number 10. Patrick, what's your number nine? My number nine was also higher up on your list. It is the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, dude. Okay. I love this. But go I, on. I, I'm, I'm just surprised how high it was up on your list because, okay, again, like I said, I'm a sucker for documentaries and uh, I am a cast member. So, you know, I enjoy seeing behind, I, but I'm not a cast member at Animal Kingdom. And um, I love this documentary. It, it's, and they're stretching it out, making it, you know, again, one of those, hey, there's going to be more and more. It's so, so interesting and just well made and mm-hmm. just in, in, engaging. I loved it. Yeah, I think there's a lot going for this. If you're interested in animals and kind of seeing how do you take care of big game animals while they're on basically a reserve as they are a part of a Disney park. Um, So there's some aspects of like, okay, well, here's a porcupine that's pregnant or this elephant has a problem with its hoof, you know, or whatever. How do we treat that? So, But then there's also another aspect where you're kind of seeing behind the scenes of Disney. So you're kind of peeking behind that curtain it's for a guy like me i love <laughs> um and this is a series that you know jess my wife has been to disney world um a lot more recently than i have the last time i went the animal kingdom wasn't even a park it didn't exist wow yeah and so i've never been able to see that and for jess she loves animals you know if she could work in any park if she could go to a park every day it would be the animal kingdom and she would just continuously ride the, the safari over and over and over and over again, because that's just what she loves. And so for me to be, I love this series too, because it's just something else that I can share and watch with her that she's interested and invested in watching as well. So this was number 24 on my list, number nine on Patrick's list. Yeah. So what was your number nine? My number nine is a show that we covered for the podcast earlier this year. Um, it was an it was not an Oscar nominated, but it was an Emmy nominated show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Uh, we're gonna have to wait on that one because it calls further down on my list. All right. So then, should I do my number eight? Yeah, go ahead. My number eight is another show that we co- we covered for the podcast way back when, um, about seven months ago. This is the Disney Plus original series Encore. Yes, I do not have Encore on my list. Okay, so what are what are your thoughts on Encore? Have you watched it at all? I have watched, I believe, it's either two or three episodes of Encore. Okay. So, um, I enjoy musicals. I, I I've been a fan of musicals. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy all of the high school drama re, re bringing up all of that again and that part of the the aspect of the show. I enjoy the Hey, let's play these characters again. Let's redo this thing we did a long time ago. That part of it, I think, is great. 
I just not a big fan of the drama that they try to bring into that. It's just not my my thing. So this is where I have to say I love it all. Being a theater kid, I loved being on stage. Like my, I, we talked about this back in that episode. Listeners, go back and listen to that with my friend Josh Baker. But I loved the idea of being on stage. I love performance. I wish we had musicals at my school. We didn't at the time when I was enrolled there at JCS, good old JCS, Jefferson Central School. Um, and the melodrama, the drama behind it. Oh, dude, I could just, I could just eat it up, man. Honestly, like where I, I don't like the teeny bopper drama, the melodrama with um, High School Musical, the musical, the series, the musical, whatever. <laughs> the worst um, name in anything. Yeah. Oh, watching people who are like, I haven't seen her in 15 years and she broke up with me then. And, and I still don't know why we're still about like that kind of stuff. I can, I, I don't know what it is. I just eat it up. Or like she got that part that I wanted. She came in here. I've been acting here for years. And then she came in as a senior and stole that biggest role from that play out from under. I'm just like, yes, give me more. Give me more. (laughs) I want it. I love it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy how much I love it. It's kind of almost in the same way that you watch a train wreck, like the bachelor, if you got ever into that series and you don't get into it because you're you're hoping the best for these people, but you're kind of watching it because there's there's a certain sense of masochism. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that wants to go back to high school. I mean, everybody's like, oh, that was one of the worst things. I'm so glad that's <laughs> and then redredging all that back up for and, and being filmed. I just can't imagine. Ugh. Oh, oh, just I could eat it up with a spoon. Man. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> Hit me with your number eight. All right. So my number eight is Mulan. I. What? Yeah. This is crazy, dude. I. And okay. I will not say that it's better than the original because nothing could. Yeah. But I really think they did a great job with Mulan. I think it was it was a standalone away apart from the original, you know, because, you know, lacking Mushu, lacking the music. It was. That part of it, I do miss a lot, but I think they did a great job with it. I really do. I think it was entertaining. It was the action was good. The acting was well done. I enjoyed it. I am so surprised by this, man. I cannot believe this. Yeah. Um, man. Um, I definitely had a, a different reaction to the movie. Um, I, I think a lot of it still hems on the fact that dishing out 30 bucks to watch this movie exclusively um was not worth the money i i can't argue with that i i I, you have to put it in perspective of if you had gone to the theater to see this you'd probably spent that much with between popcorn or yeah i I have a family of four so i pay you know that that is equivalent but i can understand some people hesitating at that price tag as a separate add-on i i get it you know yeah, it, there and there's a lot with the movie. Um, I don't know. It's it's you don't ever want to have like things around the making of the movie take away from the enjoyment of watching the movie itself. But there's some things that you just really can't help to, for it to happen. And as we, I, I found that the more and more that I learned about the making of Mulan, the less and less it really, I don't know, it it 
it kind of put a poor taste in my mouth. I, I can understand. I see. I and I, I don't have any of that information. I didn't. I didn't see any of the information of that stuff. I'm just taking it on a surface level. Uh, watched the movie, enjoyed it. Definitely, like I said, the the original is a classic that you cannot. Yeah. You cannot. Those those songs. I, I it's it's for me. It was a hard decision to understand why when you have such classic good songs that to just completely remove them. That seemed odd to me. Um, but I thought. I thought it was well done. I still enjoyed it. Like I said, it's it's not, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be on a lot of my top 10 lists. It's just because of, you know, the for what was available on Disney Plus exclusively. I think it was good. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. I, I don't. Um, we can agree you know, to disagree. <laughs> you, want, you can go back and listen to the episode. If you, if you dished out, if you shelled out the $30 to see this movie um, back in, what, September? Go back and listen to the podcast, or you can wait till December 4th when it'll be made available to everybody with a Disney Plus subscription. You know, Patrick, there was another thing about this movie that really kind of frustrated me that I didn't mention. Okay. It was the whole fact that Disney allowed Mulan to be able to be purchased on other VOD other than Disney Plus, you know, about a month ago. Yeah. Did you see that? I didn't. Was It was the same price, correct? Or was it a lower... Price, no, price it point. was the same price, but it's 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 less when you take into account that it's for you to keep watching it on Disney Plus, you have to keep paying your membership fee for Disney. That's Plus. true. You have to maintain the membership because otherwise it goes away because it's not permanent. So if you yeah. are less of a fan of Disney, you will end up paying less for this movie than somebody who is a bigger fan of of that kind of the original or this movie itself i i see where you're coming from I, I, yeah it would the the entire decision around that was purely to recoup any cost they could from it not making in theaters like it was intended covid messed all the plans up and i understand what happened and they were scrambling to make money in any way they could to cover those costs and yeah i understand it, it's not optimal but but it, they had to make a choice and yeah i i see i know what you're saying it's Available elsewhere kind of ruins a little bit of that, for sure. And let's be honest, if anything that the House of Mouse is about, it's about making money. Ain't that right? I mean, they're a business. Like everything <laughs> else, man. And Unfortunately, um, it's a real world. So should I hit my number seven, sure. or do you want to? Oh, you, okay. you can go to seven. All right. My number seven is Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Last Season. So I did not see this because I'm not up to date on my Clone Wars, so... Gosh, dude, are you kidding? No, me? yeah, I. It's not that one of those series that grabbed me. I watched some of it, but it's not. It's not in my, not in my list. Uh, dude, I gotta say honestly, um, the first season, the first half of the first season, is not great. Honestly, like I remember trying it a while back when like my nephews were watching it at a certain age and being like, "This is not working for me. The animation's clunky. I don't like it." There's a lot that I just rubbed up against. But the last season, in particular, the first four episodes or the first three episodes of the of the last season and the last three or four episodes of that season was so good. If you are a, a Star Wars fan, I was never a fan of the prequels, but this series has elevated the, the prequels. Clone Wars, the series, is the best part wow. of the prequels of Star Wars. That's high praise. Though. Wow. Because... It's worth it. It makes it just elevates things better. Like even the drama surrounding Anakin and his turn that we see in 
um, Revenge of the Sith, I don't buy it. But then it's enriched by watching this this series as you got you get to see his his story play out over a, a longer period of time. And so when he does have the fall, when he does become Darth Vader, you feel it a lot more. Okay. So what's your number seven? So you already mentioned it. It was mine is the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Okay, that was my number nine. This is the first time that we um, have something on both our uh, lists within our top ten. That is, uh, it is the first, yes. Um, so t- talk to me about this. Um, Jeff Goldblum is a very unique person. Like, his, the way he sees the world is so unique and interesting. I really enjoyed, like, every week just picking a completely random uh, subject that he, I, I, I'm assuming, chose himself. I don't even know. But, and just dive full into it. And I think uh, it's just so interesting and, and quirky and unique. And, yeah. um, oh, I don't, I, I'm, I don't know. Like, I didn't see something like this coming. Like, it's not something I expected, but it was good. Yeah, you didn't realize this was something you always wanted to see. It, it, yeah, that's that's it, you know? And it, he he even dived into a few things he wasn't even a huge fan of, just to see what that world is like, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, the fact that he doesn't have, he didn't have any tattoos. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't episode focused on tattoos. Right, so he didn't even say, oh, these are my favorite things. He just said... Let's dive in and find out all about this thing, and just from right. there's a culture behind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was cool. Yeah, and um, did you get to listen to my podcast episode talking about the world according to Jeff? Goldman? I believe I did. It's been a while, but I think I listened to that one. I had such a fun time with um, my friends Devin and Chris. Um, they are absolutely in love with him. Um, primarily, Chris, he is in love with him. Um, yeah, and I, I think we just talked about how. There's something about Jeff Goldblum. He's avant-garde. He's he is um, bohemian in ways, and he's just captivating because he's such a unique, like you said, different person. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I love this series. It was it was so good. It was so much fun. Um, Definitely. All right, so Patrick, hit me with your number six. Oh, you might kill me for this one, Peter. I uh, I broke some rules here when we were uh, talking about exclusive to Disney Plus. I kind of went off the rails. My number six is Onward, be- Onward, because in my opinion, Onward had such a short theater run. Most people, their first experience to Onward was a Disney Plus exclusive, in my opinion. So I put that at my number six. You know, I love this movie. Um, it is definitely one of my favorite movies of 2020 so far. Um, though 2020 isn't the best year in film. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is on my top 10. And I just absolutely love this movie. I did not include it onto my list of 22 things um, because it wasn't exclusively to Disney Plus, um, you know, only but it was in theaters i understand why you included it on the list um and honestly it was the inspiration behind me starting this podcast in the first place because that was my very first episode was talking about the movie onward yeah i just think it's such a great movie it just it marries you know the whole 
Dungeons and Dragons culture and geek culture with uh, fantasy with, you know, uh, coming of age, you know, father son story and just the comedy and the, the uh, it's just so well done and it's fun and exciting. And I, I liked it a lot. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I knew it was, it was kind of a fringe. Like, is this going to be, Technically, no, but yeah, I had to put it on my list because that's the way I feel most people saw it for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And the truth is, that's the way that I saw it. You're right. Um, My number six was a Disney Plus exclusive movie called Clouds. It came out in the last month. I was totally surprised by this movie. Have you seen it? I have not. And in fact, I don't know anything about it. You're going to have to tell me. It is a true life story of a young man who is in high school who was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Um, And he is no longer with us, um, but his music has lived on. And he um, wrote music that became a huge YouTube sensation. Um, Not so huge that I knew of him (laughs) prior to watching this movie or his music, but I was I was blown away. I was totally taken back by this movie as you're watching this young man struggle and his family dynamics and him thinking about whether or not he wants to enter in this relationship with this girl in high school. Um, hmm. And, you know, her because, you know, sh- she's going to enter into a relationship possibly where she knows that he doesn't have six months to live. You know, and so it was um, it was heart wrenching to watch. And I found myself crying throughout the whole movie. But it was just I loved this movie. Mm. And I, I, I can't explain it. It had a great had a good cast. I mean, the, the top bill on this is definitely Nev Campbell, um, you know, from Scream and Party of Five, um, but also had Sabrina Carpenter, who's who's kind of a Disney Channel fame. Um the girl who played the love interest was one of the girls from the, the Jumanji movies, you know, um, the kind of the popular girl out of the four. Um, yeah, I just, I found the movie endearing and moving and I totally recommend class. All right. Yeah. I'm have not been aware of it and it sounds like a tearjerker. I, I, I have been the right, right mood for that for sure. But, huh. Yep. Um, so Patrick hit me with your number five. All right. So my number five is one day at Disney. And I just, just summarize all of it one day at Disney because it started off with a, basically a feature length, uh, documentary film. And then it became a series where they chopped up the film and then added more and more and more scenes after that. And so I just put it as one because yeah, it's, it is so cool. The company is such a vast company and there's so many different aspects and just to see what a day in the life is of other cast members and what they do on a daily basis is so fascinating. And I'm a sucker for documentaries. So it's, it's just such a well done behind the scenes at Disney. and I, I, I really enjoyed that. And this probably has some special things for you too, because being a cast member down at Disney world, 
you you might have seen some people that you might have oh. known you know that you would yeah have, yeah I, i've definitely know. seen a few people that i'm like i've seen them i maybe not have talked to them but i've definitely seen them or i know you know i've been around them so so yeah i i really i really like it it's it's you know and obviously they cover all aspects so they get espn and abc and all kinds of yeah, that's that's the one thing that I definitely can't get behind. One day at Disney, you know, being a news anchor at at ABC News, yeah. or one day at yeah, Disney, you they know, they being a correspondent for ESPN. Sure, I mean they 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 Disney. stretch it out to the most, yeah, but it's it's it doesn't shine in all areas. I put it that way, but it it is great in some some. So that's why it makes my list. So. Yeah, I think it, it satisfies. I again, I love to see behind the scenes at the Disney parks or different aspects of the Disney company, like having a person who writes children's yeah. books. You know, seeing what it's like for her. You know, seeing people who clothe the the dolls, and it's a small world. You know, it's just like kind of or cool the the thing, scuba you know? diver who goes down in the twenty thousand leagues, or just there's so many of the cool things that he's like, oh yeah, that's something that has to be done. Yeah, that's cool. With that, yeah. you know, it's a job. That's pretty cool. So now, similarly in the same vein, my number five is the Imagineering story. Much higher on my list. So Ooh, I am excited to hear. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Patrick, what's your number? So, four? my number four would be prop culture. That is going to be a kick for me. So, that is further all up. All right, my then. List. Um, my number four is the last movie. Um, well, maybe there's one more that you could consider a movie, but um, the it came out last winter, and it starred um Green Goblin himself. Togo. All right. Did you I see did Togo? not see Togo. Patrick, what are you <laughs> Apparently doing? I'm missing all of these major things on your list here. Oh my gosh. This, uh, honestly, I think if you were to say Disney Plus's original movies, are they good? And I think when we look at the my list, we see Noel and Timmy Failure and Stargirl and Magic <laughs> Camp and um, Secret Society of Second Born Royals, and I could say most of them are bad, very bad. But Togo is so so good. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Who played Green Goblin? William um, Defoe. William Defoe. I always get him mixed up with Dennis Leary. <laughs> okay. Um, William Defoe <laughs> is amazing in this movie, and he um, has sled dogs. And um, what was that animated movie that was about? Was it, animated. Um, was it like Belto? Oh, Balto. That's, that's yeah. Balto. Well, he's one of the dogs. It's a true story, but Togo was kind of the runt of the group. And so this is more so his story. And it's interesting because this kind of came out around the same time that the Harrison Ford Call of the Wild came out. Mm. I missed that and I didn't hear good things about it. But Togo is fantastic. Okay. It's a great movie. Um, there was stuff that I was on the edge of my seat for. I loved seeing um, William Defoe and his bond with this dog at first because he was the runt and he was a bit of a rascal. He didn't like this dog at first. And then he just, obviously, throughout the movie, the love just grows between hmm. them. Um, it's All great. Right. 
It is awesome. Check it out. I will have to do that. Number three for you, Patrick. What oh, do you got? Okay, let's. It's gonna. I, I. I think I've kind of narrowed it down between. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. we're we're running out of space, right? So, my number so. three is Hamilton. That is a punch uh, yeah, for me. Yeah, I had a feeling that was not gonna stick around very much for you. So, okay, my number three is probably. Okay, now we can get back to that one. Oh my gosh, dude. If there was ever a series that was made just for me, this was oh, it. Oh man, it's just so good. There is so much with this series that I totally and absolutely just love. Um, you get the behind the scenes look on some great classic live action Disney movies like Mary Poppins. I didn't think I would cry over watching people <laughs> reunite with the costumes that they made or wore in the in, in Mary oh. Poppins. But like some of the movies that they focused on were some of my absolute favorites. Oh, for sure. The Muppets. The Muppet and, movie. I love yeah, that movie so, so much. So good. Or even for the Honey I Shrunk the Kids rebuilding the machine. Like, oh, it's so great, the shrinking machine. And there's so many like moments that I'm like, this is amazing. You know, that was like the first time we've anyone has seen anything from Rick Moranis. This guy was able to track down Rick Moranis and interview him for this series. And he is somebody who's gone completely dark. You know, he is a national treasure, I'm telling you. And I He's he's amazing. So this has aspects for me where it's about the filmmaking. It's about a love for cla- you know those classic movies that you grew up loving, whether it was mm-hmm. Frank Roger Rabbit, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, the Muppet movie, Tron, whatever. But then there's the whole collector's aspect to it as well, as you're trying to hunt yeah. down specific things. And as a comic book collector, I love the thrill of the hunt, and mm-hmm. this just totally captures that again if there was ever a show that was made specifically for me this was it and i i just adore this this show and i want more and again this falls into the category where they dumped all the episodes at one time i wish they didn't and i wish that this was something i was able to look forward to weekly i i I agree i watched it i i completely binged the whole thing right away too and i think i would have enjoyed it even more if i had spaced it out as well because it was just such so many great things in there so yeah yep for sure all right so let's let's get to your number two we got one and twos left i mean i we i think we both know where this is going for each of us kind of so i know what's your number two and what's your number one i think my one my number two might get kicked because my number two is the mandalorian you know what Mandalorian is my number two. Hey, we synced up. All right. So, yeah, I mean, you can't take anything away from this series or as much of a hit as a series was. I mean, it, it totally blew away the Emmys, you know? Oh, well-deserved. It, it, it's great storytelling. It is a love letter to Star Wars fans with so many references and just little things that most people don't even notice in the back. And I mean, it's so well, well made. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, I, I was even surprised with myself that I put it at number two because of how amazing it is. I just, yeah, it was so good. So good. And you just get attached so much to these 
to the character of Mando and the child. And, yeah. you know, we're going to talk here in a minute about the, the second episode of season two. Um, and I think that's going to, I, I, I kind of want to hold off a little bit on that conversation, but it's just, you can't deny that this is the biggest thing to come out on Disney plus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think as far as a phenomenon, it, it is the biggest thing, uh, you know, we may not be our favorite, uh, number one on our list, but it is by far the most popular. You can see that, you know, with the merchandise and the clamoring for just anything with the child on it, or just, you know, like it is, it has become a phenomenon and it is, proving we're only two episodes into season two but it's proving that it has not lost steam and it is going to just keep going it's amazing um all right so patrick we have our number ones we each have different movies or different things for number one we do want to go first uh i mean that's up to you man it's your show i'll go first (laughs) because you know what i think yours your number one is more specifically suited for you um my number one is hamilton all right, Hamilton, yeah. Um, that was my number three. This musical, again, I have such a love for musicals. And this also just goes into the category two where I watched this with Jess. We have latched on to this movie. I'm going to consider this a movie. I'm not going to consider it, you know, a stage performance. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to categorize this as we talk about it being entertainment on the screen to watch. And the performances, the music, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the production design, um, it is just astounding to watch. You know, when I, when, you first, when I first heard about this musical on Broadway being the biggest hit ever, being how hard it was to get tickets, I was just like, okay, how, how great could this really be as being a guy who even still loved musicals? And, oh my gosh, this is just amazing and i love that disney optioned to instead premiere it in theaters because they were going to premiere it last i think fall 2021 in theaters they decided instead to release it on fourth of july weekend in the midst of covid and man what a decision that was and it is just so incredible and yeah, I'm just I can't say anything negative about the about the movie itself at all. Yeah, no, it was phenomenal and I I mean I had I had gone actually to in Chicago, saw the troupe in Chicago perform it live really? and yeah, I I had seen it um and I had always wanted to see the the original cast. I mean, I, I saw was anyone from I, the original cast there. No, I, there was no one from the original, and it was it was in nosebleed seats because you know it's you know whatever. But I I was like I fi- have to find a way to see this. So we went, and me and my sister saw it in in Chicago, and we loved it. And we I mean, we had, we loved the music before you know we'd even gone, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I had always wanted to see the original cast and just see how amazing and, and yeah it the the disney plus version like you said it's it's a movie because they get up on stage they do i mean there's things you couldn't just do from filming a regular music right you, they did amazing close-ups and just you you feel like you're more part of it and it, uh, it's and it was so good like it's 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 revolutionary in in the form of you know american broadway it's it's brilliant. And to do it the way they did, like drop it on, like you said, 4th of July weekend, just 
it was so cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's amazing for sure. So Patrick, let's get to your number one. What do you got? All right, my number one is the Imagineering story. Yeah, yeah, I I had to man. It's this nothing has moved me more on Disney Plus than that. It, it just from the creation of, of the Imagineers. The, the Imagineering wasn't a term. Disney, Walt Disney created it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like um, just every bit of what became, you know, their their workshops and their uh, that turned into theme parks and turned into just they created magic and I was just in awe the entire series and I wanted more. It ended and I wanted more, you know, yeah. it's I, so much of it was brilliant and I mean created by Leslie Iwerks you know the daughter of of Iwerks and just like you could just feel her passion for what her father had done and stuff in it you know and oh just I didn't brilliant. realize that Iwerks daughter did this yeah yeah oh no sorry she was okay Don I she was daughter of Don Iwerks but yeah. she was the granddaughter of, of Iwerks yeah she wasn't the daughter she was granddaughter but That's still, still family I didn't realize yeah like yeah it's right right in the family yeah she she is the one that that created this amazing documentary series that six episodes but man I wanted so much more because just so good wow well that that's yeah yeah I I loved this um i I think this really sparked me to do more investigation on Walt Disney, the man and the history of the company. I've actually, I've kind of put them down for a minute, but I have two, yes, two biographies that I've been reading um, on Walt Disney and the Disney company. And um, this really just kind of allows you to kind of see behind the scenes in another way. You know, yeah, and it's funny too because a lot of it, you know, we get to see things from like the magical world of Disney. And I've recently, I've done been doing a huge Disney watch through through the history of trying to just even watch every episode of the magical world of Disney, and seeing as like parks were being made and exclusive rides were being made, and kind of seeing that episode in 1960, but then also seeing that as well here documented, um, just giving you a further look. And this again was when they premiered episodes week to week to week as of last year when the when um what Disney Plus first dropped and I'm yeah. not surprised that this is your number 1 I don't blame you I mean this holds a very special part for you you know Yeah it it definitely does it's it's brilliant and like I said I I, w- I would just kill for more episodes cuz it was is just I was just in awe of every every episode that dropped so well, let's do this, Patrick. We got to come up with the podcast's official top 10 list. Okay? All right. Um, and you know what I want to do? I'm actually, we're going to do this off air, but we're going to do this together. And so, listeners, um, you're not going to get our full train of thoughts as we make different choices. Um, but at the end here, we're going to debut the official list for the podcast. So stay tuned. I'll be back in just a second. All right, listeners, um, Patrick and I talked our lists over and we came up with our top 10 for the podcast. Listeners, this is what it's all come down to. This is what you've listened 
for the longest episode ever of Extreming Disney to hear what is our top 10 list of what you should be watching on Disney+. Plus. Patrick, how do you feel about our list now that we're done with it? Yeah, I think it turned out pretty good. I think we, we represented some of the best content, definitely. So, um, And, you know, in the future, too, you know, when we hit that second year anniversary, we might be able to do this list again for what has come out in the second year of Disney Plus, you know? Well, so, and I'm, ho- I'm hoping a lot of this stuff does get bumped off because I'd love to see more quality content for sure. So, yeah, we, I mean, we're going to start getting an MCU series. You know, I'm so, I think we're supposed to get WandaVision in December. So, I, I think that would be, that would jump to near the top of my list if it's if the way it looks. So, yeah, for sure. All right. So, here we go. Number 10, we have The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Number nine, we have Star Wars The Clone Wars the last season. Number eight, we have The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Number seven, here's a little interesting one, guys. We are, it's a shared one between the movies Onward and Clouds. So if you look at this list and you're like, Onward can't count, um, then you can just say it was Clouds. But if you don't mind, Onward and Clouds is going to share the mantle at number seven. Um, number six is the series of shorts called One Day at Disney. Number five is the Disney Plus original movie Togo. Number four is the series Prop Culture. And in our number three, we have The Imagineering Story. Number two, we have Hamilton. And finally, number one, because this is the highest one that we both shared, it was The Mandalorian is the top series, the top thing for Disney Plus original content. That's all we got for that, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Patrick, all in all, you happy with this list? Yeah, it's a great list. There's a few, like I said, that you've seen that I haven't, but from everything we've discussed, I think this is a quality list. Anything on here, I would say, is our recommendation. Go see it if you haven't. Yes, absolutely. So that's going to wrap up our conversation here about the main topic of the year review of Disney plus listeners. I hope you stuck through this episode. I was so excited to talk about all these things with Patrick. Um, but in a minute here, Patrick and I are going to talk about the second episode of Mandalorian season two, and we'll say our goodbyes to each other after that. So here you go. All right, Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, um, The Passenger, as the episode was called. Patrick, what did you think of this? Uh, just another, just tour de force of great series. Like, the series just continues just to improve, improve, and, like, it takes you on twists and turns you don't see coming. Like, um, I-, I love that he's continuing his search for other Mandalorians and you know we had the episode the first episode of the season where they did the fake out you know and uh, thought thought we were going to get some uh, Boba Fett and it didn't quite happen so we're still wondering if that's going to happen or what's what, what's what's next for Mando and, and the child and t- teaming up with uh, trying to you know get this lizard lady to safety uh, it, with uh, without hyperspeed and just the adventures and I, I liked it man I think more, more action, more comedy, more yeah. everything, man. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there, there's a lot within this episode that I think I, – I don't think as much as the first episode, but this, this was a good episode. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it as much as all the other episodes that I can compare it to. 
Um, but I think here's a couple things that are interesting. Did you see who directed it? No. Who directed this one? Peyton Reed. Okay. He directed both Ant-Man movies. Oh, okay. I should have known that. So that was kind of cool. Once his name came up, like I haven't been looking into who's directing the next episode. So like in the last episode when it was John Favreau directed this, I was like, what? That's amazing. He did it exclusively. And then this one as well. I was like, another MCU director coming in to do, um, to do a Mandalorian episode is so cool. You know? So I just, I loved the fact that like we're getting caliber directors coming in to do these one-offs even and you know yeah. for the series it's so cool it is um and this does pick up where the last episode dropped like left off like honestly i thought we were just going to get to the next planet or something or he was going to just ride up on his spaceship to the next joint but here we just it's an actual like continuation from the, the from the premiere episode from last week um and yeah it was it was interesting to see um amy sedaris reprise her role and to kind of continue things on for mando to try to track down the mandalorians by bringing this frog woman to try to meet up with her her mate her husband her spouse um with her frog eggs which was very very interesting to see yeah, does does nobody ever feed the child? He seems to be perpetually hungry all the time. Like, <laughs> like he will just eat anything that gets anywhere near him. Yeah, you know, maybe I think you know, as I I was kind of getting grumpy with the the child is I think as much as Mando was, but I think you've raised a really good question, and maybe you're queuing in on something because you are a parent. <laughs> you're like, yeah, of course he's eating everything in sight. Because we haven't fed him. I don't. I haven't seen Mando actually like feed the child. Have you? Uh, no. I'm just thinking he's just gonna take care of it himself, and anything within, within you know range, he's gonna swallow. So, did you did you find that as far as the comedic value of this episode? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were definitely going for. Is every you know getting the little the the looks from Mando. Don't eat, you know. <laughs> so I think that's where they were going, and you know it's it's fun, and you know. The uh, just the never knowing what he's going to get into next kind of thing. Yeah. And I think I think that was definitely more of the fun aspect. I mean, we definitely got more of the child in this episode, you know, than the previous episode. And like, that's good because, you know, we need to we need to see more memes online of the child. Oh, you know? yeah, because there's not enough of that. So <laughs> uh. um, and I, I thought it was cute. I thought it was fine. But there were times where I felt like this episode did kind of drag a little bit for me. Where, you know, especially when they're they're broken down and he's trying to fix everything. And it's just like, oh, here's a child again eating more frog eggs, you know. And we get more of this character of the, the, the frog lady's story that I just didn't really necessarily care a whole lot about, you know. But yeah. I mean, I don't mean to, like, squabble too much about this episode, because there was some stuff I really liked. I liked the run-in with um, the, the Rebels. Yeah, the X-Wing pilots that came in and helped saving the day and stuff, too, after you thought they were going to take him out. You know, it's pretty cool. So Yeah, and, and you kind of think, like, okay, so, yeah, he's definitely um, been a part of that big breakout that was in Season 1, and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see that kind of stuff come back, including the, the droid come back as a character. Yeah, and I, I, somehow I missed it in season one. But one of my favorite actors, uh, 
Richard O'Doyle, or, or, or I can't pronounce his last name. Or, yeah. or, or, from he's from the IT crowd. He's plays Moss. So great. I I, I I I totally missed it last season that he was the voice because on um, this time I'm like I know that voice and I was like oh yeah okay so I yeah I love that so it was um it was a good callback so yeah and I and I think it's cool to see I think Dave Filoni was one of the pilots again and he was one of the pilots that we saw shoot down that base at the end of that episode from season one yeah you know so to see him again is kind of is kind of cool is really is really fun um and i gotta tell you the scene everything with the alien creatures the spiders yeah it felt like it was right out of alien the movie or aliens the movie yeah i found that fantastic even as like the child is walking through the pods yep Oh my gosh! How can you not think of alien? I I, t- I thought that? the same thing. I'm like, this is totally alien. And then he opened it, and it's like, yeah, it was totally alien. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was cool. Yep. Um, but I feel like this is definitely more of a segue story to get us into the next episode. Yeah, you know, I think that you know they're intentionally telling you know an overarching story, and that's. That, that's the goal of it. So I, I, I think if this was where it ended, obviously it would not be great. But, you know, as, a, as an in-between episode, I think it was great, you know. Yeah. And, you know, there's I think there's going to be definitely some things that are going to play into the next episode with, obviously, the passenger being this, this frog woman. But also the ship is kind of left in some really dire straits mm-hmm. after being attacked by these spider creatures, you know. Yeah. So all in all, Patrick... What is, if you were to give this episode a star rating, what would you give it? Are we talking out of five star rating, or what are we doing? Let's give it out of ten. Out of ten stars, I'd say it's a good seven. It's a good, it's a really good episode. It's, it's like you said, probably not the best of all of the series, but it's it's really up there as far as entertainment value and stuff. It's probably seven. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with you. I'm gonna say seven as well. You know, I. I felt like, you know, comparatively, as you look at other episodes, I think it, it definitely wasn't as good as the first episode, but I can't, like, blame it for that. I can't be like, hey, why wasn't it as good? Because I think they're all really great, you know? And, and sometimes we just, within a series of, of the show, we get those middle episodes that does this progress the story much, but is it entertaining? You know, so it's it kind of falls into a different kind of category there. Um, but all in all, I thought it was just fine. Yeah. You know, the, it definitely picks up at the end where it gets exciting and cool, especially as they, those spiders just keep like as a brood, just keep flooding the, um, the spaceship and he's, he's trying to close the doors and they can't, it really like captures a, a, a horror theme to it, you know? Yeah. It's pretty intense for, for Star Wars story for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You're right. Um, okay, so that's going to be our review. Did, did, would you say that this was, um, let me just ask you this. Was this better or worse than the first episode for you? Uh, or not as good? Not, yeah, I, not as good as the first episode, yeah. But not by a lot. Just, you know, just slight niche down. Okay. Yeah, uh, if I was to give a star rating for the first episode, I'd give it a, a 9.5. So... To drop down from a nine point five to me to a to a reasonable seven, yeah, you know a C grade, a C minus maybe. Um, 
I still think it's fine. It's not as bad as the Tatooine episode from last season. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was good. I thought it was okay. Um, Patrick, that's going to that's gonna wrap up this very long episode that we've had of Extreming Disney. Yeah, um, it was fun, man. It's, it's quite an undertaking to cover all of the original content. So, so it, it was a good time. Well, that's what I'm here for. And I'm thankful that you came along on this journey with me. I don't think there's anybody who would be as big of a Disney fan, um, especially when it comes to things like the Imagineering story, as there is you, you know? So I got to thank you for helping me kind of make this list for everybody. Um, listeners, if you heard this list and you are like totally appalled by anything that's not high enough, that made the list that you think is completely overrated, if you're mad at me that I had Zenimation at number 52, um, hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. You know, let us know on the Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you um, regarding that. Patrick, thank you for coming on. Is there anything that you want listeners to know about? Anything you want to plug? No, I really don't have anything to plug. Just uh, keep enjoying this podcast and leave some comments for Peter. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Yep. Um, and I will definitely have you come back on the show again. It's been a while since the last time you were on, and I was definitely saving this topic to cover with you. Um, but I will make sure to have you back on in the future. Sounds great. All right. Um, listeners, stay tuned in just a minute, and I will tell you what you can be expecting to, to see next week for the podcast um, on the next episode. All right. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Extreming Disney. Um, it was a lot of fun just breaking down all the original content that is on Disney Plus with Patrick. Patrick is just a, such a great presence to have for the show. I just love being able to have that Disney connection with him and just for him to have a different perspective that he's able just to really bring and really adds to the conversation. So I hope you like our list. Again, Feel free to comment on the Facebook page. I'm going to post that list, the official list, at some point on there um, pretty soon. So I just want to give everybody a chance to first um, listen to the episode and then be able to just give people the chance to not spoil anything yet. So, um, and also obviously with our talk of the Mandalorian, it's always relevant. It's always what's in the know. It's always what's happening. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys just enjoyed it. I'm sorry I went a little bit longer than usual, but I hope you found it to be a, worth the listen. Let me tell you guys about what's happening for next week. Next week, we're going to do an episode that we haven't done in a long time. It's been a while. We're going to do a Saturday morning cartoon episode. To do this, I am bringing back on a returning guest. You, you would remember her from when we talked about um, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. And you'll remember her when we talked about Frozen 2. Devin, she is coming back on. We're going to be doing for Saturday Morning Cartoons. Let me tell you the date. The date is September, August. Sorry, it's August 22nd, 2007. And we're going to be talking about the two cartoons, Kim Possible and The Replacements. Two cartoons that I'm not very familiar with. It's a little bit later in, the, in, in my life, so... Um, they are not ones that I know, so you're going to get our honest opinion of those. The episodes um, that we're going to be talking about is from Season 4, Episode 19 of Kim Possible. It's called Nursery Crimes or Chasing Rufus. And then the episode for The Replacements is Season 1, Episode 19. It's called Abra K. Dabra and The Kumquat Day. So those are what we're going to be watching. I will post that also on the Facebook page just so you can watch them. 
before the episode um, premieres next week. But that's what you'll have to look forward to. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you next week as we talk about Saturday morning cartoons. Bye-bye.